Welcome to episode 313 of Crack the Customer Code, where both of your hosts are allergic to bad service. All right, Jeannie, welcome. I want to know, are you ready to go? Of course I'm ready to go, but I have to ask where. We're going to Amazon go. It's a uh-huh. verb. Love it. <laughs> you love, love it. it. So have you been to the new Amazon Go store, Jeannie? I wish, but I haven't gotten to Seattle, so I have not. That is throwing a bit of a wrench in my shopping plans. <laughs> it's been a little hard to get there conveniently and get my stuff, I must yes. say. Yes, I know, but it looks so cool. Yeah, the convenience of it all being like on an app is sort of taken away by the fact that it's in Seattle and I'm in Florida. But let's talk about it as a prototype. First of all, I think we need to give a little bit of background to our listeners. For anybody not familiar, uh, if you just happen to be like on some kind of meditation retreat when this thing (laughs) came out, because that's the only way you don't know what Amazon Go is. That's true. It Uh, got a lot of coverage. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Uh, So Amazon Go is a personless or a employee-less, which is not technically true, but we're going to dig into those details, but essentially a cashier-less, I think mm-hmm. is the word I want, yep. um, grocery store prototype from Amazon. It is in uh, one of the more denser areas of, I believe, downtown Seattle. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, everything is done through an app and your Amazon account. You walk in, you stick a bunch of stuff in a basket, you walk out, you don't have to talk to anybody, you don't have to put it you, you know, don't even have to scan belt. the stuff. Yeah. yeah, you just literally put it in the basket and you walk out and it knows and mm-hmm. it, it all just goes right in your account. So there's a lot of discussion. Is this the future of retail? Is this the future of Whole Foods? All mm-hmm. kinds of things. So we're going to delve into that today. And we have all of the uh, opinions and no answers <laughs> that you could ever want on this topic. Well, I think to your point about it being cashierless, it's really it's it's a step beyond that a little bit because you come in, you scan your phone, your app on the way in, and then uh, you can take something off the shelf and look at it and look in the ingredients and put it in your cart or put it in your bag or wherever. And then you can put it right back and it will know that that was in your bag and it was charged to you the minute that it was in there. But once you put it back, it's not charged to you anymore. So you're charged when you walk out with whatever's in there. And they do that with amazing technology that is basically cameras rule the world there. There are all sorts of cameras that are there to scan and and follow and do all sorts of things. Yes. If you are afraid of the surveillance society that we're right. becoming, uh, Amazon Go is not where you want to shop. Yes. Let's just start there. Yes. <laughs> so and and when they first started talking about this a few years ago and they, they piloted it with their employees, um, they I think the theory, at least what I my understanding was that everything was going to be like chipped, you know, like their products would be special because they would have to have the special chip that would be scanned. Like when you run through the end of a race you know, like to get your time (laughs) and how you, if your chips on your badge, then it tracks that. But instead this technology, it, it can see and identify everything in the store and they do not have to attach the chips. So that part is pretty amazing. But the other thing that I thought was interesting is for now, they're basically saying they don't think this is going to take away too many jobs from people. Because right now in a traditional grocery store, the cashiers have to play a few roles. They have to, you know, help. They have to do a 
customer service role. If somebody needs help with something, they might help them find something. There are all, you know, different things that people need. And so what they're saying is they're putting in employees to really just be there for those moments when customers really need them. So this brings up a customer experience question, you know, is, is this going to improve the experience if the humans in the store are dedicated to really just serving the people in those moments that they need them, not just manning a cash register? What do you think? Yeah, I think absolutely. Uh, for this model, let me let me put it in context. For mm -hmm. this model, I think absolutely. Um, so I think what they have, uh, as I think you pointed out, which is the people are doing stocking and a customer service, mm -hmm. and cooking, prep, and prep, right? Um, so that's what they're doing as opposed to the cashier job, which is the most low value job unless there's a problem. Right. I mean, we all love self-checkout aisles, but I, I mean, I've got a blog post. Hopefully we'll link to it uh, in this episode and which is something to the effect of, you know, the self-service checkout line needs your help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's even in my book because, yeah, you always have to have that human backup, right, for the technology. The technology will inevitably fail. Even if the technology doesn't fail, the circumstances fail and it's not a good experience for the customer unless there's a human backup right right um, so I, I th yeah i think that's just that's sort of the future in aggregate right more technology but the human role will be replaced in, in many categories and may possibly be lessened overall but it's not going to be lessened as much as we think because there's it's going to change the human role more than replace the human role right right uh, for some things not everything well, and one of the things I read about Amazon Go in particular that I was like, huh, that's probably a place where right now, if you're in a, especially a big grocery store, if you go to buy alcohol, you bring it up to the cashier and it's up to the cashier to card people and make sure they're of legal age and things like that. And at Amazon Go, because they don't have the need for the people as cashiers, they actually position somebody in the wine and beer aisle to make sure that they check IDs before somebody even takes it off the shelf. So that is like, they're going to be really skilled at that job. So this is, you know, a warning to anybody underage in Seattle who thinks they're just going to walk in and walk out with some, some booze. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's gonna, they're going to be like bouncers. They're going to know how to spot a fake ID better than like a federal agent. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think that's probably something that, as this develops and evolves, we're going to start seeing places like that where it's like, oh, this is they're going to be really good at this part and it's going to smooth the experience out for everybody else. Because if I'm waiting in line at a cashier now and the person in front of me has a bad ID, that's blocking up a whole bunch of people's experiences instead of just that one person. And so I think as this evolves, we're going to start seeing more and more examples of that. And that will improve the customer experience. I mean, here's the deal. No lines is no lines, right? I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's all there is to it. <laughs> if you don't have to st stand in a right. line and you haven't had a bunch of other things that were significantly worse because of that, then mm -hmm. it's a win, right? I mean, that's pretty simple. So I think right. what, what I want to do here is I want to make sure we don't fall into the trap that so many others fell into when this all came out, which is let's talk about what this really means. Because it's like, oh, wow, this is the future of grocery. Everybody else is going to get killed, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it was, it's the inevitable right. cool technology overreaction. So let's talk about is this truly the future of grocery? And if it is, when is that future? Because to me, this is such a prototype 
mm-hmm. uh, model right now. It is truly very narrow cast in a lot of ways. Right, so let's uh, for people who don't aren't familiar, the store is only eighteen hundred square feet. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's like you know. I don't know, a third of maybe half the produce department at like a big <laughs> uh, grocer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, there are no, what do you call the things? The shopping carts, the ones with the wheels, right? It's all right. it's all baskets, meaning that's great in a city where people go buy their groceries every two days. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm out in the burbs where, you know, mom shows up in the suburban or dad shows up in the suburban with three or four kids and you know, buys about four tons of food (laughs) (laughs) in one shopping trip, Uh, right? That's how they do it. That's the only time they can get away from the house. They have their day. They load up on everything. Uh, So what does it look like for that? What does it look like when it goes to the cart? Uh, So would you like my theory about this? Yeah, that's why why we have a podcast so you and I can discuss things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that it will get there. And the reason that it's a prototype is because it is a small footprint. It's not too many products. They can test things at low risk. If somebody walks out with a can of soup that is not paid for, that's a very different risk than if somebody walks out with a case of soup. (laughs) And so I think that if you look at applying this technology, I mean, the the tech behind it has to be very, very expensive. They're not talking about that part. But with all of the cameras that we're talking about and all of the ways that they can kind of triangulate all this data, that it must be a very robust platform that is not for the local mom and pop. But at the same time, if you if you take one step forward, you can see this with like a Costco or some of those big stores, because right now they have a lot of systems already in place that are pretty good to prevent theft and things like that. And if they added this technology, it would be amazing. Now, the challenge is they rotate inventory very frequently and different inventory and different products. And so it may not work right away for a model like that. Well, it's not just rotating. And I think that's where I want to get back to with the prototype comment, because mm-hmm. The actual hurdles to implementing this, and this is why, yeah, is it the future? Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking like a decade plus probably more. And here, In this scenario, I would agree. Because here, here's what's involved, if you think about it. One, it's not just the even the rotating inventory. Let's say you decide on a fixed inventory. It is how the aisles are laid out so the cameras have the right angles. It's all mm-hmm. of the things being packaged correctly so that you know they, they're only using things that will work with the sensor system. right? Mm-hmm. It's getting the supply chain to p- make everything. And it's the bigger it is, right? the more things are misplaced, the more things are shelved where they shouldn't be shelved. And it's mm-hmm. getting all those systems in place. And then here's the other thing. I mean, it's literally tearing apart the store. Mm-hmm. Or and this is where the Amazon, you know, this this I thought was very interesting. Everybody, the first thing Amazon said was, you know, is this going to Whole Foods? What's the question? And Amazon's like, we have no plans to put it in Whole Foods, right? Uh, right. Which was smart because politically they just bought Whole Foods, and there's already some fear around that, so they basically don't want to mm-hmm. say, oh yeah, hey, we just bought you, and the robots are taking all your jobs. <laughs> so, right, I mean, no, seriously, if you think about it from a PR, yeah. PR political perspective, of course they said that. Uh, and my answer would be, of course they're going at Whole Foods. 
You don't design this technology, this change in industry, be one of the biggest players in the industry with a gazillion dollar acquisition and not use it Mm -hmm. there eventually. Of course, it's Mm -hmm. going to Whole Foods. How is it going to go there? When's it going to go there? Well, that's sort of what we're getting into now. It's not that easy. And if you build the stores, and we've talked about this on other podcasts, if you want to build out these little Amazon goes, well, then that's a real estate play. And mm-hmm. good luck doing that anytime fast, <laughs> right? Right, right. I mean, that's, and that's as slow as it gets. And there's a comfort level that they're going to have to get people to. And I think that's the next phase of this is they're using this prototype and these examples as a way to get people even comfortable with this idea. Um, and then, you know, if it goes into Whole Foods, people are going to be like, I want to know I'm being charged for the non-organic orange and not the organic orange, you know, like, or whatever. They're going to get into these little nuances that might be hard to overcome if they don't really focus on educating everybody and getting everybody comfortable. But I can think of two scenarios that may come into play here um, with a much smaller footprint. But one of the things that comes up a lot with uh, retail, and I'd love your opinion on this with your background, uh, and also just corporate environments too, is uh you know, what they call, quote unquote, shrinkage, which is employees walking out with merchandise that they have not paid for. Um, Employee theft can be a big deal, especially in certain retail operations. So I wonder, like, would this technology be enough to help prevent some of that or to help identify when one department is taking all the copy paper or whatever, (laughs) the TS-40 reports or whatever. Um, But I think I wonder if there are people listening right now or reading these reports thinking about scenarios like that and calling up Amazon and saying, how can we use this? So I bet that we are at the tip of the iceberg of this. It's not just retail. It's not just um, it's not just kind of consumer grocery store application. It can be applied in so many different ways. And even think about scenarios where um you know, how many times have you looked for like a 24 hour pharmacy because you need that thing, you know, like you need gauze or you need, um, you know, Tylenol for your kid or whatever. Could they apply it to something like that so that it wouldn't have to be manned all night, that they could have a section open that would be more of this, you know, necessary stuff that people need in the middle of the night. So there are certain scenarios that I bet were, were, not totally aware of yet that other people in those industries are really starting to think about. And that's very exciting. Oh, very. Yeah. I mean, it's cool as all get out. I mean, it's really, an, I mm-hmm. mean, I think it's fascinating uh, in a very creepy way. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> it literally does track you around the store. So it knows every right. step you take in that store. Um, yep. yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, <laughs> We talk about it all the time, sacrificing uh, privacy for convenience. Not that you have a lot of privacy, like where you walk in the store. But uh, you right. remember that old uh, situation with the data um, where they uh, there was a pregnant teenager went to Target, yeah. right? And they alerted her parents. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what mm-hmm. happens when somebody stands in the wrong part of the aisle <laughs> for too long? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's some interesting sort yeah. of dynamics that'll be there. Yeah, I think the people in the big cities will start seeing some of this stuff. There'll there'll be another, you know, there'll be an Amazon Go in Manhattan mm-hmm. or Dallas or Chicago or whatever mm-hmm. or Miami. Uh, Come to Chicago. 
Sorry, that was go. just for Amazon. Uh, and one of the things <laughs> Amazon, I'm sure, looking at, and I can't remember because it's been a while now if this was in any of the articles, but the what's the overlap of Whole Foods customers and Prime customers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. You know well, that's yeah. a question. And that's and the other question for another grocery chain is, OK, Amazon. Great. Everybody that went to that Amazon go, I guarantee you was a prime customer. Minimum was an Amazon customer. So right. if your Publix or Kroger, well, how do you get people on your app? What right. do you do to the, you know, all the other people that show mm-hmm. up and don't want to do the app? I mean, are you going to turn away cash? <laughs> well, right. what's, what's right. the transition look like? Okay, you put all this money, you rip out your ceiling, you got to get electrical permits because you're, you know, you're running electrical, you're doing all, it's this massive investment, this massive you know, reset mm-hmm. of your entire store. What's the transition with the customer going to look like? Right. Yeah, and, good question. And that's why when I started thinking through sort of, okay, wh- what are the hurdles to this? And, you know, it's sort of like, oh, this is it. The world just changed. Like, no, I'm not sure it did. Maybe in a decade it's changed. Uh, but there are just a ton of operational and logistical hurdles to this being adapted quickly. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. And I think they're the first ones to tell you no, that Amazon's yeah. like, <laughs> we have no plans right now, just so everybody knows. Right. Yeah. They, 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 <laughs> they know haven't well. even said they're going to do other Amazon Go stores. Like, they really have, they've, they have not given any information on that. And they're probably evaluating all of the very things that we're talking about. And they're probably looking at what are the best case scenarios for how to roll this out? Because there is an element here that people are going to have to get comfortable with. And I think they will very quickly because we like convenience. Um, and we've proven that over and over as humans. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, there are all these obstacles that you're talking about, and I don't think there's any doubt it's going to take a while. And the next iteration, who knows what that will look like? I mean, that's the part that is kind of mind-blowing is nobody thought this could be done a couple years ago. And here they are. They're basically, they figured it out. And so what will they figure out next? And what will their competition figure out in order to overcome this and make it easier for the customer and, and so it all comes back to the customer yes it does and, <laughs> and here's a, to me the probably the most fascinating question is strategically who do they license it to and who do they not mm-hmm. yeah you know, who, do they yeah. say okay we're gonna we'll license it to low low-end grocers but not high-end because we own whole foods you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very fascinated by like the licensing question which yeah it's obviously a few years away still um, right. But that, that's going to be really, and especially when you see what's going on with Google and Amazon right now, they're starting to rip stuff out of each other's stores. It's getting like it's heating up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It's, it's well, going to be very interesting uh, how they use that as a strategic uh, cudgel. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, uh, well, stuff. as always, we figured out everything and we have all the answers. So you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> you are welcome. And I am going to Seattle in like uh, five or six weeks. So I'm going to see if I can make it over and try the store out. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we did leave out one super important topic, one su- super important part of this topic. The one thing we know this is going to do is you are going to spend more. Okay, the psychology, there is so, there are so many studies yep. on if you don't use cash, if you don't have to pay, if you just, I mean, and Amazon knows this better than anybody. Uh, if yep. you just walk around and just stuff, stuff, stuff in a basket and you never have to have that pain of payment, that psychological moment where you pay, 
It's so <laughs> the true. The basket, yeah, the, the the whatever metric they use in grocery, you know, the the, the average basket or whatever is going to go up huge. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're right on that. And I also wonder the overlap between if you see something and you're like, I don't want to take it home now. Can you scan it and they'll deliver it like at the right moment? Ooh, I bet that's coming that's too. Interesting. Yeah, because they already have all the uh, logistics for it. They already have all the processes. So I bet there's going to be overlap like that that we're not exactly aware of yet either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fascinating so where much. it's going to go. It is indeed. Well, this was fun. We always we always have fun, so we hope our listeners do too. Yeah, this was good. That's good. One. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I think Jeannie has some things to say here at the end of the episode. She usually does. I I I tend to let her do it, and then I jump in at the end. Wow, you let me do it. Thank oh, you. I, no, uh, I shouldn't say it that way. I tend to um, give my partner no, the space good. she needs to express herself. <laughs> That's what I meant to say, Jeannie. Oh, that was awesome. Okay, thanks, Adam. Glad to know you're woke. Uh, oh my god! Did you really go there? <laughs> oh sure, why not? Okay, everybody, <laughs> that's a wrap. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of the C-suite Radio family, so find our podcast along with a lot of other business content at c-suiteradio.com, and then check out c-suitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and find my blog and lots of customer experience resources and content at cxcontent.com. And I'm Adam Tapork, and you can learn more about me, our customer service workshops, our virtual trainings, and all kinds of good stuff at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.